the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, IndustryGreetings.com, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, AskDefensive.com, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Hey folks, welcome to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman, your happy host. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. Hope you're ready to celebrate uh, another anniversary of this year, of this year, of this country this year, uh, if we make it that far. So hopefully we're going to have the 4th of July celebrations, have a great time, and uh, we haven't fallen apart by the 4th of July this year. Those of you who listened to my last couple of shows, you realize that what, one of the things we're doing is a giveaway. Timney Triggers, one of the greatest triggers ever. Timney Triggers has given us a couple of triggers to give away. One of them is for a Mosin Nagant. Um, my guest here is Rick Prado. Rick, do you have a Mosin Nagant? I actually do. Hanging on my office wall. You know, you just might be able to win a Timney Trigger if you do the right thing here. It, it's amazing. Right. You know, we're trying, it's an expensive trigger. It's expensive than, more expensive than most people paid for their Mosin. But it's a, it's a great way to improve it. And uh, all you have to do is post a picture of you with your Mosin on our Facebook page, and you're in the running. And it's amazing how many people don't follow the instructions. They'll like the post, they'll share the post, but they don't follow the instructions, which are simply post a picture with you and that rifle, and then you're in the running. If you don't do that, you're not. Uh, we also have a new caveat on the show that if you complain, you're not going to be involved in any future drawings. So it, it's just, we, we give them away as randomly as we can. That's just the way it works. Anyway, that's going on here. So you do want to make sure that you try and get your Timney trigger for most in the gaunt. I think it's an awesome thing to do for that old gun. Um, and Rick, is yours French? I think those are the best collector's items where they're... No, I don't think so. I, th- mine was gifted to me by um, one of my classes at Fort Bragg when I was teaching the ASOC course and surprised me with this is in really good shape and it's got the uh, bandolier and the oil little can and all that other stuff. But um, uh, I, I don't remember. It's been probably 10 years since then. I think the I think the French ones are worth more because they were never fired in combat and only dropped once. <laughs> That's what I've heard. True. Anyway, hey folks, if you if you're uh, just listening here, this is Rick Prado. Rick Prado is the author of Shadow Ops, um, Black Black Ops, Black Ops, <laughs> Life of a Shadow Warrior. Sorry about that, Black Ops, Life of a Shadow Warrior. He's a CIA. Um, Agent uh, has been for many, many years. He's retired now. On our first show, we kind of talked about his background, his life history, things, uh, how he got into it, which is a great show. Um, it's really good because he does most of the talking. So that's kind of one of the new things. So, uh, Rick tells his story, which is amazing. If you haven't got the book yet, you need to get the book. It's on Amazon. It's on Audible. Uh, the person who's reading on Audible, you, I don't remember his name now, but he is an amazing Really, really a very good um, actor. You know, I think they are actors. Scott, Scott Brick. Say his name again. Scott Brick. Yeah. Scott Brick. He's, he is amazing. He does a great job on that. So, you know, some Audible books, you really want to listen to them. And, man, the first 10 seconds, you're like, well, that was a mistake. But this is a very well acted and, and uh, just a great job on the Audible book. And the other part I think that's interesting you know, in this genre, the genre you fall into, um, there's a lot of people who are writing books, but frankly, they're not real enjoyable to either read or listen to. Um, they're along the lines of, yeah, well, went up a hill, shot a bad guy, ate dinner. You know, it, it's, they're maybe a little rough on the edges, if you will. Uh, 
I really appreciated your writing. I could tell right off the bat that there was a lot of time and effort put into that. And your writing skill was was quite high. And so it makes the book very enjoyable. You, if you're doing Audible, they have a great actor for it. If you're just reading it, Rick has done a great job in writing, um, probably rewriting a few times, but uh, really has come out to be a nice book. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Um, Rick, your website for the book? Uh, RickPrado.com, R-I-C-P-R-A-D-O.com. All right. All right, let's get going here. As we talked about before, we kind of did a little flyover of your life in the beginning, early parts of your career. You were in um, Central America uh, during the heyday in the mid-80s. You know, did you you know Barry Seal? (laughs) No. Yes. (laughs) Well, you did know him. Uh, anyway, so during all that time down there, when we were fighting the uh, South American communists, uh, he was in the jungles uh, doing boots on the ground stuff. How do you feel, just a, a little bit on the side, when we now look at South America and we see Brazil, Colombia, Chile, I think Paraguay, um, all these countries have now fallen and chosen communism by themselves. How, how does that affect you? Well, you can add Colombia and Peru uh, to, to to that mix also, by the way. Uh, you know, it's very disturbing because that is our backyard. And strategically, the same way the the, the Russians don't want, you know, uh, UN presses anywhere near them, we need to protect our flanks. We have Cuba 90 miles away from us, and we are totally ignoring the problem, the expanding problem of communism in uh, infiltrating just about every single country south of the border. Well, and in Richmond, the Richmond, Virginia, and uh, other areas closer to home, right? Yeah, we have. Yeah, definitely taken over uh, Washington, D.C. at this point in time. You know, a lot of the the, uh, border crisis we're talking about right now, millions of people heading north. um, These are not just people who want to get a better factory job. A lot of these people are either have that ideology or they're victims of that ideology because those governments have run their their countries into the mud. There is no economy. There isn't any. There aren't any jobs. There's no way to make a living. And now you've got five million people a year heading north. Um, you know, again, we talked about it before. Communism only fails every time it's tried. You. There's there's not a lot of things that are 100% true in life, but that happens to be one of them. And it's very, it's very sad that we see our country totally ignoring what's happening down there. And you, you were boots on the ground. You saw it firsthand, right? Yeah. Well, I, actually, as you may recall, it started even earlier because I'm Cuban-born. So I was actually there for the, uh, the prequel of the Castro takeover, the violence, the, the, the fights. But most importantly, the, the atrocities and the oppression that quickly followed after after he took power in, in uh, 59. It didn't end after he took power. It got worse. Oh, absolutely. It was um, that that's when it really he himself a communist eventually. But the oppression was there. I, um, one of the things is when I was trying to leave the country, we were headed to Havana, driving up the main street there and three guys hanging from trees with signs across their neck says, you know, contra-revolutionaries. So it was very pronounced. My parents' stuff was confiscated. So, you know, there isn't a single example of of a communist country that has thrived. But I think Venezuela has to be the most poignant because you have a country that has arguably some of the greatest oil and uh, greatest reserves in the planet, and you cannot afford to buy toilet paper. Yeah, and not to mention beaches. I mean, they've got some of the, you know, the Grenadines are right there. You've got some unbelievable um, territory, and they just can't get out of their own way because communism is a, it's a, it's a system that tears everybody down to the bottom. You know, it's like the old crab pot fishermen where they catch crabs, they throw them in a bucket, but they don't need to have a lid on them because when one crab tries to crawl out, the others grab them and pull them back down. Um, 
that's communism. It's a race to the bottom. You'll have a small group of people who are running everything, sucking off the top and sending millions of dollars and billions of dollars into Switzerland for their retirement funds. But um, for when it all fails, they have a, a parachute. But everybody else has un, unparalleled suffering and misery. And I just can't believe that we're trying to institute it in America uh, in every different fashion. Um, I, you know, I want to thank you for your service on that. Let's Let's go over your book again real quick. This is a this is a history of your career. You know, you can get it at rickprado.com. Uh, you had to get things cleared from the CIA to get this thing aired. So, you know, we just want you to tell us all the stuff they wouldn't let you air. How's that? Uh, I want to stay out of jail. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's a great book on its own. You can kind of read some things in between the lines there. But, folks, we're going to be right back with this. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Get the previous podcast, the first half of this, where we talk about in detail everything we just did another flyover on at FiringLineRadio.com or on our YouTube page. You'll see that coming up here pretty quick. And we hope you have a great 4th of July. We'll be right back after this. Springtime is just around the corner. Soon, it'll be time to get back outdoors and soak up a little sun. And we need it. So why not enjoy the outdoors or the things you love in the field or the range, in the lake, or even in the stream? It's a great time now to get stocked up with the gear you need. Turner's Outdoorsman is California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, and it even has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and member specials sent directly to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman's, savings you deserve on the gear you need. It's definitely expensive to advertise for your business, but not advertising is more costly to your bottom line, especially in this current economic climate. While we all know that sending Christmas cards to family and friends is an American tradition, we forget to extend that tradition to our customers and business associates. So show your appreciation for customer loyalty and remind clients that you and your company are still ready for their business. But don't just send any card to take advantage of the marketing opportunity that you're looking for. Your cards need to stand out. IndustryGreetings.com specializes in industry-specific Christmas cards. Whether you're an accountant, contractor, realtor, welder, or anything in between, our creative and exclusive card designs are the perfect fit. So head over to IndustryGreetings.com and search by your industry. Or check out our patriotic or religious Christmas cards and order today. That's IndustryGreetings.com or call them at 800-431-9161. IndustryGreetings.com, 800-431-9161. I use them, so should you. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the Firing Line is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman. Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Hope you're having a great day and getting ready for the 4th of July here. Um, my special guest, Rick Prado, we're going to turn this over to him now. Uh, as I briefed on our first session, we talked about him before. He, we have the first half of his career on another show. We're going to pick it up here. Basically, from the time he leaves Clark Air Force Base under 45 feet of rubble from a volcano and uh, heads back into Washington. Rick, why don't you pick it up from there? Well, thanks. Yeah, I, I went back to, uh, to the States um, in uh, 1992, um, back to uh, the uh, counterterrorist center, um, did a few uh, jobs there for a while. Now, what was it like um, in 1992? What was the counterterrorism center like? It was it was not what it eventually became. I mean, uh, Dewey Claridge, one of my mentors, is the guy that created the uh, the, the uh, counterterror center in uh, nineteen eighty six. My first job with the center was in eighty eight in the Latin American country. That was my first CT uh, official CT uh, uh, deployment. But you know, the, the the life there was growing initially. Not too many people gravitated towards the center because we were a geographically organized agency. You know, Southeast Asia, you know, Asia, Africa, blah, blah, blah. And um, many people were uncomfortable with leaving that pipeline of going through your division and going into a center because they saw thought that that was 
not career enhancing. Well, that that never affected me. Uh, but with time uh, and events, it became more and more efficient, more and more improbable, and arguably is, is one of the largest, uh, you know, what used to be divisions in, 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 in the agency because of the importance of international terrorism. Got to remember, in the, in the 80s, a communi- I mean, terrorism was still primarily a geographically combined, you know, cons- you know, constricted area. You had Latin American terrorism, you had African terrorism, you had Southeast Asia, you had this. Uh, but post that, uh, it has become an international event. Yeah. Instead of blowing up their own backyard, they've decided to uh, bring the terror into other people's geographic regions, right? That's where it makes a difference. Well, yeah. You know, um, so at that time, in the early 90s, the big players were Yasser Arafat, right, uh, in the Middle East. And you were still focused on Central America at that time? No, uh, I had the um, the Palestinian branch is one of the things that I picked up on that. But that was in 95 uh, when I came back from the Korea. So, I, like I said, I, I did a little few, a bit, a bit of work at headquarters for about a year, a year and a half. Then I was sent to uh, Seoul, Korea as the um, the chief of liaison there with the local services and the uh, police, and most importantly, with the 8th Army, our U.S. Um, 8th Army base there in Yongsan. But, uh, so when I came out of there, I got my GS-15 um, and the assignment to take over the uh, Palestinian branch in, in CTC, which was a cool job. Um, I did that for about three months, and that's when... I got called into the front office and they said, uh, your, your name has been, you know, raised for being the deputy chief of station uh, in a uh, in our virtual station. I had never heard of a virtual station. So I asked for details and I asked primarily, who are we going after? And my, my boss said, Osama bin Laden. And I said, who? At the time, we really didn't know who Osama bin Laden was. Just a handful of people in CTC. This is 95, right? This is 95. That is so the first world trade, first world trade center bombings were 93. Something like that. Yeah. 93 was. Yeah. So we'd already had a major, a major taste of uh, international terrorism on our shores in 93. The coal, uh, what year was the coal? Oh, uh, 2000 ish. Was it that late? Give or take. Okay. Yeah. So in 1995, uh, during the Clinton regime, this guy pops up on your screen. Yeah, no, Mike Scheuer, who's the guy who ended up being the chief of the task force, became Alex Station. It's, it's, that's what a lot of people know as from, from his books and other books. Uh, Mike Scheuer was a genius of, of, of an analyst who had really taken an interest and, in, you know, divined the, uh, the, uh, the, the future that Bin Laden was going to bring to us. Um, and so it was great being his deputy. I learned a lot. Uh, I was also the senior operations officer, and we had... Uh, a very good team, but it was a small team. And uh, we started tracking Bin Laden. And, and the advantages of that virtual station is that it worked like a real station. We could send our traffic to any other station and headquarters uh, without having to go through area divisions and all that other stuff if we were in the building. Um, and I would say that within six months, we had tenfold the amount of information on Bin Laden that we had had previously. Um, the, the irony is how much we knew what he was doing, how much we knew about his lifestyle, uh, and his vulnerabilities in, in Khartoum. Um, in Khartoum, he felt that he was there with a golden passport because of the money that he poured into the country and the fact that it is a terrorist country and the fact that it was also a hotel for, for, uh, for terrorists uh, fleeing, you know, uh, the law. Um, he, he was there in the white. And we had was, was Khartoum in was Khartoum in Somalia? No, Khartoum is a is Sudan. Sudan. Sudan, another another great asshole place. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going through some really nice growth right now, and in the sense of violence and even more poverty. But anyway, um, we had a guy on the ground uh, by the name of Billy Waugh, legendary Green Beret, and uh, he was making book establishing patterns of life. On, on Bin Laden. First photographs that the agency got directly about Bin Laden was from Billy. And Billy, being an SF legend that had became a, a CIA legend, he kept proposing to us 
the fact that we need to take this guy down. We can, we can, we, we, we can kill him, but most importantly, we can render him and bring him back for interrogation. Unfortunately, um, the then administration never had the stomach for it. They kept saying, well, we don't know that he's really bad. Well, you know, we're looking at the, all the intelligence, all source intelligence, and including overheads of the camps that he's training. And these guys were not training for rescuing victims or anything like that. It was all violent, kinetic kind of training. If we would have been able to neutralize bin Laden at that time, some of the events that you mentioned, coal, embassy bombings, so on and so on, probably would have not happened. Yeah, and the big one, and the big one that led to two wars, right? Um, trillions of dollars in debt, thousands of people killed, uh, thousands of Americans killed, hundreds of thousands of them maimed, you know, forever. Yeah, uh, because an agency did not, not the agency, but the uh, higher-ups did not pull the trigger on a bad guy. Look, you got to go Groucho Marx. Look, it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Good thing it's not a duck, right? Uh, it's duck season. That's that's the way it's got to be. Um, and I know that that's the way you guys felt when you were dealing with that. And I, I can't imagine the anguish after the fact, after each fact, because they knew he did coal. They knew he did the embassy bombings, and they still didn't decide to put the hammer down. Uh, how does that Well, the, the thing was, though, is in my point was we had a unique opportunity in 96, 97, 98, 97, while he was still in Khartoum. The problem is when he really went, you know, kinetic and started pulling the, pushing the button of things, he had moved to Afghanistan under the protection of the Taliban and very well hidden in, in the mountains out there. So the, the, the ease of which we could have had him in Khartoum evaporated, and now you were talking about literally a needle in the haystack. Well, yeah, well, I think you have to you know, send an exploding sheep up the hill. That might work. <laughs> I've heard. I like that. Uh, yeah, again, I have. once you have that information, you see it not acted upon, it. again, it's just got to be absolutely mind-numbing for the guy who said, how many thousands of times a day can he say, I told you so? Right. As there's two buildings smoking in New York City and the train of events that bad decisions in our leadership cause. I don't think we should kill him, said Bill Clinton. So he does. He blows up an aspirin factory in Sudan, um, which, which they knew there wasn't anybody there. They just wanted some kind of show of force to get Monica Lewinsky off the front pages. Um, the the deceit that happened during that time frame that everybody seems to forget about because we're we're worried about a couple of uh, documents in Mar-a-Lago these days. Well, everything else is, is uh, gosh. All right. I'm going to give you 30 seconds here to wrap up Khartoum or, or what happened with that. You know, it primarily was that we missed that incredible opportunity to, uh, to neutralize him. And we, we paid the price afterwards. And yes, it was very painful. And it was career ending for a few of our guys because Mike Scheuer, Really took it personal, and he kind of um, he not? exploded on, and, and uh, yeah, it, it uh, did a lot of damage. But yep, that was good times there in, in CTC. And that ran, you ran that up until about. Uh, I was with that from '95 to early '97. I only did a little over a year because uh, my wife had a medical issue, and I had to pull out of that rat race. Right, uh, and uh, you know. So, very good. Folks, we'll be right back here with Rick Prado, rickprado.com. Get his book. You find out more info. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own, or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. 
or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. Hi folks, Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Philip Naiman here. Get the podcast at FiringLineRadio.com and get the book at rickprado.com. Uh, Rick, again, thank you for your service, all the great things that you've done, and, and thank you for sharing your life with us. I mean, again, folks, if you haven't read the book or listened to it, I highly recommend it, um, especially if you're doing a lot of driving. Hey, it's it's one of those audible books that will not put you to sleep. I guarantee that. Um, we just talked about a chance that the CIA did have an opportunity to squelch bin Laden. Um, and it would have been better for him. He would have got his 72 Virginians earlier, right? So, you know, why, why should he have to wait too? Um, just, you know, rack them up, get them in there, get them in, get them early. But um, after that debacle, uh, you then went to Korea. Now, in the mid-90s, if I remember some of that, we had Madison Albright running around saying that Kim Jong-il was fantastic. Their people are well-fed and educated and women's rights are perfect in Korea. You were in the Southeast Asian uh, looking across the uh, DMZ zone. What did you see? Well, listen, that, 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 is, that is a total fallacy. There is no country, no single country in the world that has more oppression over their people than North Korea. Hey, it is hey don't say that. He'll feed you to his dogs. Yeah. Come and get me. Um, <laughs> bring two. Um, but but it's true. I mean, the, the, the level of control and fear. You know, they have one radio station. They have one TV station. Uh, that's all they can ever listen to. There's no outside information that creeps in there. How different uh, is that from so most, for most communist countries, right? They most all control all media coming in and coming out. They do, but but the North Koreans, because they are where they're geolocated with with China one side and South Korea on the other, uh, it's hermetically sealed. You know, Cuba has a huge amount of oppression on the people, but still people get to have Wi-Fi. They get thumb drives in there, all kinds of stuff that they use to get the real news. That does not exist in North Korea. Now, there was an interesting um, situation where you caught a high ranking, I think it was a general and you're trying to flip him, right. To take him and his family out. And I was shocked by his response. You know, yeah, they, they are renowned for, for uh, being uh, quote unquote loyal. Well, part of it is brainwashing, but one of the real reasons is that when you are a, a diplomat overseas, that's where we can target them. Um, one of your dear family members will always remain behind. So if you have two daughters and a son, the son will stay, and you can bring your two daughters to Costa Rica, wherever the hell you're at. But if you screw up, and not, not just defect or anything like that, but if you just screw up in your job, that kid is in trouble. Uh, so it's a very, very oppressive uh, setup. Um, yeah, the, the guys turned it down, but... In, in both cases, in both 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 uh, pitches that I did, we were able to neutralize them through uh, working with the local services. Primarily, the uh, me talking to them about doing illegal acts of bringing, you know, coffee or uh, 
Cuban seeds or all this kind of crap. And then when they actually did it, we would have the local services wrap them up for smuggling and kick them out of the country, which for them is close to a, a death yes, sentence. Yeah, because they failed. They failed their supreme leader. Yeah, right. little rocket man. Um, yeah. And that was before he had the capability. So um, Kim Jong-il was working with Iran, I believe. And, and I think he was actually giving them technology. So I'm sure it came in from China and then got over to Iran to help their missile programs, right? Yeah, there, there's a very uh, incestuous uh, relationship there. There was a guy named Meikyu Khan uh, who was a big oh, proliferator. And, and Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he... Uh, he put out a lot of stuff out there. He, he shared it with the North Koreans. He shared it with, with the Chinese. Um, he was quite the nuclear person. Well, I think it's very important that Pakistan have a nuclear weapon. Said no yeah. sane person ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was terrible. He, he sent, you know, sent the devil's seed into several different countries. Okay, so it's interesting. We have the same, the same government. And again, I'm railing on the Clintons because they're easy targets. Um, to see them lauded as the great people that they were and then realize all the dirt that they did. Uh, the same time, they've got Madeleine Albright. Um, anyway, I won't pick on her too much. But Madeleine Albright is in North Korea watching them dance and feast and all these other things. You know what's really going on. All of us know what's going on. If you don't look at a Google map of North Korea at night and you'll see that they have zero electricity. Right. It's that's what Gavin Newsom wants to happen to California. But that's actually happening there in North Korea. They are absolutely oppressed. Um, and Kim Jong-il needs to leave uh, whichever way possible. And those people need to be freed. Of course, if he does leave, China will just assume it. And then we'll have a whole different front going on there. Um, after Korea, let's talk about 9-11. Where were you leading up to that? Well, I, uh, I I came back from uh, from Korea and I became the international chief of international terrorism for for the for the counterterrorism center. And um, halfway through that, uh, I volunteered for a, a very crazy thing into a country we call Shangri La because they would not allow me to mention the country, but it's a a radical as uh, you know Muslim country in black uh, in black Africa. And um, I did that for for almost eight months, and then I came back and I took over uh, on in May of two thousand one as the chief of C- uh, CTC's operations. Did any helicopter black? You had Shangri-La. Pardon? Did any helicopters crash in Shangri La? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe two. Where you're going with this? I think it's going to work. <laughs> okay, I want to keep back. Yeah, you came back from uh, the happy place of Africa. Yeah, and I took over uh, the C, you know the CTC ops, and and of course, you know, we all know where we were at uh, on 9/11. Um, I was physically outside of Kofer, who was my boss, uh, Kofer Black, and. Um, See the first plane go into the building. And you were in we New York. It was a, you were in New yeah. York. Well, we, we saw it in on. Uh, we had a TV on. Okay. Uh, I was waiting for Kofer. We, I was at headquarters, CIA headquarters, in in, in Langley, Virginia, and I, we see this plane. Well, so what the hell was that? We thought it was a Cessna or something that it hit um, hit the building. Shortly thereafter, in CTC, we have every federal agency are represented from Secret Service to DEA, diplomatic services. We had an FAA guy, and he came over and he pulled me aside. He goes, hey, boss, we got a problem. And he said, I said, what's up? He says, we have four planes that have you know, pushed the button that they're compromised, and none of them are responding to our calls. He hadn't finished that sentence when the second, the second plane hit the building. There's about 30 minutes in between, right? Very, very um, unforgettable experience watching that and and realizing the level of of damage. And we didn't even know what the level of damage was because the second building, I mean, the second play went into the building and yeah, there's smoke and crap coming out. And I was a firefighter, so I know exactly what's going on there. But when you start seeing first people jumping off that buildings 
to their death because they were about to burn. Um, that and, and then actually seeing the towers collapse, um, that's that's unforgettable. And again, the sad part about that is all of a sudden they classify or agree not to show any of that footage. I think they should show that footage of what terrorism happens, what happened to those people. You know, 9-11 shouldn't just turn into, you know, another federal holiday for something. It, it was an attack. 3,000 people lost their lives, uh, started 20 years worth of war. Um, it was absolutely something that should be realized for what it was, the level of of savagery that that caused. And that's why when we have to add retribution to those involved, it, it has to be retribution. It can't be, let's just put them in Guantanamo, give them some Cuban food for three or four years, and then release them out on the beaches again. You know, we're releasing people who planned 9-11 out of Guantanamo Bay. I, there are no words. Well, you know where they're going to go back and help plan again. No, they're going to be a Walmart greeter. I mean, everybody in the retirement, your second career always says I'll be a Walmart greeter. They always said, hey, look, you let me out of here. I'll be a Walmart greeter. You know, welcome to Walmart. Have a falafel. That's all they're going to do. I mean, they're they're. They're healed. It's not like they had a, a lifelong religion they were totally devoted to. Come on, Rick. You're being raised. Rehabilitated. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Just like a pedophile. Uh, they'll hardly ever do it again. Ugh, I'm disgusted with that. I, I, the fact that we don't, and this happens on all the time, too, on criminals, we don't hold them accountable for what they do, especially in California. Folks, Philip Naiman with Rick Prado. Get his book at rickprado.com. He is the ultimate shadow warrior. We'll be right back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. Springtime is just around the corner. Soon, it'll be time to get back outdoors and soak up a little sun. And we need it. So why not enjoy the outdoors with the things you love in the field or the range, in the lake, or even in the stream? It's a great time now to get stocked up with the gear you need. Turner's Outdoorsman is California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971. And it even has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and member specials sent directly to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman's, savings you deserve on the gear you need. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. By AskDefensive.com. Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Again, if you're on our Facebook page, go post a picture of you and your Mosin Nagant, and you have an opportunity, a very high opportunity, to win the Timney 307 Mosin Nagant trigger. Uh, this is the best way to improve a Mosin Nagant. Not that they need improvement, but if you're using it as a shooter as opposed to just a, a nice collector's piece, then why not have the best trigger available? And how hard is it to get? Well, geez, you know, take a picture of yourself, post it on our Facebook uh, group page, and uh, let me tell you, not everybody follows the rules, so you'd have a very high probability of winning. So let's get that done. I'd love to give this trigger out. Um, just to say I actually was helping somebody improve a most in the gun once in my life. That's it's one of my life goals. It's right here on things to do. 
improve emotion the gaunt. So I want to check that off before I die and we'll move on from there. Folks, I have Rick Prado. Rick Prado, um, again, thank you for your service, my friend. We're coming up on the 4th of July here. If we, if the, if the union makes it that long, um, Rick, you've had an incredible career. We just covered in our last session, nine 11, right? Um, folks, you can always get the podcast, listen back up. We're not going to repeat everything, but after that, you know, you're dealing with, you're in the CIA, what did you guys do after the fact? Well, I think the, the, the first thing was, of course, um, once the president signed the, the lethal finding on 17 September, uh, we deployed first Less boots on the ground later. into a fence. Less than a week later. Yeah. yeah. So uh, shortly thereafter, we, we had our CIA had a team on the ground um, reconnecting with the Northern Alliance and working on bringing in the, uh, the Green Beret ODA that we're going to start the war from within with uh, with us. And, you know, my the, my my 10 or so folks that were there um, were all, you know, hip tied to the hip to every Green Beret, if everything from riding the horses to doing all the, uh, uh, you know, coordinations for lazing targets and all that other stuff. Uh, so that, that was very, very enjoyable. The fact that in Afghanistan, we were really you know, damaging the, the Taliban. But what I, as chief of ops, what I, what I recognized and I briefed Kofor on was the fact that, yeah, we're kicking their in, in Afghanistan, subsequently in, in Iraq. But what about the thousands of really important terrorists that are out there in first, second, and third world countries? And they are primarily the backbone and the support mechanism for any terrorist organization. The soft underbelly of any terrorist or criminal uh, organization is who can provide money, who can provide medical aid, who can provide. Uh, for that, you cannot be living in a cave. So I came up with a program that was briefed to the president, vice president of the United States and to Condoleezza Rice. And they both said that we wanted to do this, which where we made book, we established patterns of life on three terrorists from every major terrorist organization out there. Different countries uh, had operational uh, options, one, two, and three, you know, compromise, rendition, kill. And the concept was born out of my experiences with 9-11 that we were getting all this chatter, but we could not disrupt them because we didn't know exactly what was happening. But imagine this, Phil, if if we have a... uh, and let's say a threat from Hezbollah. We know that they're up to something. Everything is of the airwaves. All the all the sources are, are reporting that there's something big brewing. And all of a sudden, three of your main overseas agents that are supplying you with everything, all of a sudden, all three of them get neutralized in one, one form or another. You believe you're being compromised. You feel that you've been penetrated. And you're going to shut down whatever the hell you're doing. It yeah. maybe even tip your hand. So it was a it's a it was a very well thought out intelligence collection with teeth and with repercussions. And it would have been a great preemptive and, and disruptive uh, program. What happened to it? Well, like I said, the, uh, the vice president blessed it. Um, we uh, deployed. We made book on these guys. Um, we established the patterns of life, and um, we came up with scenarios where we say, okay, we're ready for this guy. We did that three times. On the third time that they turned us down, and this is in this case, this was my front office, not CTC, seventh floor. Uh, the director and the DDO were briefed on, on these options, and I, I, I remember it verbatim what the, la- what the last one that the, the DDO said. He said, Mr. Director, there's no doubt in my mind that Prado and his team can not only do this mission, but they can get away with it. I'm doing a happy dance. And then he says, however, comma, we have to look at the political ramifications of taking that action now in a neutral country. I pour my heart and soul into that program. Two years, mostly away from home, bouncing around in every country in the world, a lot of my guys and doing surveillance away from home. I mean, you're you got more passports than most people have work days, or more uh, passport stamps than people have work days. So, the same thing happened to you that happened to the gentleman over Obama, right? Or Osama. Same thing. Um, yeah. 
Same thing. Cousins. Yeah, it's just one syllable. Um, you know, here he is. He's laying it out. Hey, folks, this is it. You lay out three other ones. And then to sit around and watch those those things happen or come back up when you knew for a fact that could have been stopped, I think that's got to be the bitterest pill. And once again, you know, the current, the, the, uh, the sleeper in chief that we have right now, um, he's running around saying that the most dangerous thing in America are, you know, the Second Amendment types. Um, he's calling them right wing white extremists, white supremacists. For crying out loud, you know, the only white supremacists you ever see are Nazis. Those guys are idiots, right? The skinheads, are they anything more than a joke at this point? No, you know, maybe a little biker gang here and there, but they are absolutely nothing. He's talking about bread and butter America. Uh, the people with the three percenter sign on their truck or a don't tread on me truck or guys who own more than one uh, musket. Um, you know, he's trying to defame them. And when you see that that our government is saying that that is the most dangerous threat we face in America, yet you've been in on the inside. What what would your comment be on that? Well, first of all, I would throw the BS flag on that one immediately. Um, look, all you have to do is compare what the threats are in the world and what they have already done to us. Radical Islam, what have they done to us? They've bled us and we've, they've dragged us into wars for 20 years. The Russians, the Chinese, the North Koreans, um, they have all done things to other countries and to us that demonstrate their ferocity and, and the, the fact that they're top of the line predators. How many acts have we seen in the United States of white supremacists, as they're calling them, uh, killing government officials, killing reporters, which is the routine thing that goes on in these other countries. You say something wrong about Castro in Cuba or Kim Jong-il in, in, in uh, Kim Jong-un or whoever is, is, is happens to be there in North Korea, you're dead. Or even uh, about um, the cartels in Mexico. Oh, absolutely. 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 Yeah. So, uh, no, that, that, is, that is just a, a flashbang distraction uh, to cover up the political inequities and, and, and stupidity that we're seeing across the board here. So, okay. So the last two minutes here, how would you fix foreign policy? Here's your magic wand. The first thing that you have to have to fix foreign policy is to have a leader that does not come across as food. Um, that is somebody that they know has backbone and, and, and commitment. And I'll give you the perfect example. Jimmy Carter was a great man, very nice man, a terrible president, but he was a veteran, well-meaning, did not was not corrupt. He was not taking money from Ukrainians or Chinese or anybody else. Um, but he was naive and he was weak and came across as food. Immediately, the Soviet Union invades Afghanistan. Immediately, the Iranians take over uh, our hostages for 444 days. And then he gives away the Panama Canal just for grins. What happened the day that Ronald Reagan was sworn in as president? The very next day, Iran released all of our hostages. Hey, that's a clue right there of, of what you need. You need somebody up there that when they say, don't do this, and draws a line on the sand, there's got to be consequences if you cross it. Well, you know, you're saying we don't need a president who looks like food. The problem is our current president looks like pudding. So it's even like the weakest kind of food you could even imagine. You know, he's, ah, oh, it's so disgusting. And it's elder abuse. Having him as our president is elder abuse. People who are putting that guy up there and, you know, strapping a diaper to him and say, don't fall off the stage this time. Um, it, it's pathetic, folks. We do need an absolute change. Folks, I want to thank my guest, Rick Prado, for his service, for his time, because I know how busy you are. And thank you for sharing your life with us on your book and your Audible book. Um, I hope we stay in touch. Thank you, Philip. That is, is what a blast. And like I said, I like the last one, I really enjoy your interviews. You hit it from different angles of the average other interviewer. So. Because I'm psychotic, so it helps. Me, me myself, and I uh, are our favorite interviewers. <laughs> hey, have a great day, buddy. God bless. Happy Fourth. Right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Take care.
The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, IndustryGreetings.com, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show, Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, Ask stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low-light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K, defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too, so buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. Inflation, inflation, inflation. Hi there, Philip Naiman from Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management, professional investment advice with a Christian worldview. You've all heard it, it's all over the news. The Fed has raised interest rates and may continue to raise them in the future. When the Federal Reserve said inflation was transitory, we now know it's a stiff reality. So how does that affect you? Well, financing anything will be more expensive, but if you're able to invest with these higher interest rates, things may finally be in your favor. Financial institutions have been slow to pass on higher interest rates to investors. We don't have that problem. If you're looking to take advantage of today's higher yields or even an improvement on your money market yields, please give me a call, 909-406-1144, 909-406-1144, or schedule an appointment at cornerstonecwm.com, cornerstonecwm.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com